0: Welcome, welcome, friends, to another episode of the Strive Forward Show. This week, I'm really excited to bring on Hayden Floor, who I originally connected with on Twitter. Hayden is a coach that teaches you how to sell high-ticket on repeat. Hayden has vast amounts of knowledge when it comes to launching programs, designing new courses, and a ton of sales expertise. Before branching out on her own, she actually spent years in a coaching agency, where she not only learned a ton, but designed a lot of the strategies they still use today. She took those strategies and started creating online and built her digital business with one marketing channel, which we talk about in this conversation. Hayden also incorporates mindset training in her coaching programs with a focus on the energy you put into the world and how that leads to more sales. In the following conversation, we talk about all of this along with what her business model is and why it's so effective. Thanks for listening. And onto the show. With me this week is Hayden. Hayden, thank you so much for joining. Before I go into your business model, which I love, and your content, which I love, I want to give you the chance to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you help your clients.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. This is right up my alley. My name is Hayden, and I am a multi-six-figure business coach for coaches and kind of one of those stereotypical coaches who's kind of been all around the map doing all of the things. I started out, I originally started out in an engineering town, so I was working with engineers, kind of doing the life coaching thing and then got recruited by a big seven figure business coaching agency. So I went in there and I did sales and marketing for about a year and a half and obviously learned so much, probably more than I signed up for, and then left there about a year, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago and started my own brand again, popped onto Twitter, and I have been here ever since. So yeah, just kind of in a world now where I can take everything that I've experienced and I can give it to people in a way that I wish I would have had someone else give it to me without all the trial and error, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, expediting the results is huge. Mm -hmm. And so what I meant, what I said, I love your business model is you just organize it and structure it from an external point of view, from my point of view, in a way that I tell people is the most effective way and the quickest way to get from point A to point B. So Hayden, as far as I know, you have one marketing channel, that's Twitter. As far as I know, all of your stuff is sourced through one Linktree page. It's here's my stuff, here's where you can go. And then from there, it's one landing page for every offer and every resource. And so what I love about it, to go even more detailed is, um, you click the landing page, it says, this is who this is for. This is what you get. This is some social proof and here's the checkout. And it's all right there on the one page. (laughs) So. My question to you is, did you know that was going to be the most effective way to go from the beginning? Or did you just kind of figure it out as you started your online business journey?
1: People will fight me on this and I will go to my grave on this. Business is 100% about what you can own, especially in sales. So, you know, I look at landing pages and things that I'm not, like, necessarily very good at, you know, in the conventional sense. Or... Things that I don't love doing in business, working with that agency, I did a lot of the back-end stuff, whether it was copywriting, landing page creation, you know, I did a lot of offer creation, stuff that I wasn't connected to, and I got to this point in my business where I'm like, there has to be a better way. So I started experimenting. People are shocked when I tell them all the time that I experiment with every single offer, every single launch strategy. Things are constantly changing. I had an offer a couple weeks ago. I got on live and I was like, I'm just testing to see if this works. So you guys are all here. We're all experimenting. They're like, oh, my God, I love it. So to answer the question, like in short, no, I didn't know it was going to work. And honestly, sometimes, you know, like four or five months ago, I had an offer where I did just like this and it didn't it didn't land. It didn't work. And so there's this element that I have that I don't think a lot of other coaches in general or business coaches or business owners in general have. I play with every single thing that I do and i look at what other people are doing and i take what i love and i leave what i hate i optimize what i love i don't even touch what i don't like doing so one of those things you know ultimately is landing pages i don't love creating them but i love creating them at the same time so when i tap into the elements that i love which is what you see you know i really do believe that i put my audience in a position of power to make good buying decisions because of the way that i structure those landing pages so conventionally, are they what everyone else on Twitter is doing? Not at all. But that also is what sets me apart, like people know what they're getting, no matter what, without a seven mile long landing page. So I think that's kind of, you know, for as unconventional as it is, it is kind of one of my it factors. It's kind of what gets people to stay to read a little bit longer, you know, put in their card information. So. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to work, but every time I do it, it works better and better. And so I keep doubling down on it, you know, (laughs) it's one of those things.
0: Yeah, like as a super like data nerd and like my master's is in data analysis. So I'm like huge on just do the thing and then watch the numbers and double down on that. And that's all you have to do. The other part I really love about that is how you've optimized your business for like what you enjoy and what you don't. So one of the things, even just going through your landing pages is you're like, you know, I didn't want to do sales calls. I didn't want to do all this outreach after the agency life. So I'm going to figure out a better way. So the better way is right now for you, Twitter and creating content and getting everything inbound. So talk to me about your process and kind of just how you're getting your leads and how you're helping your clients and how you're finding everyone and sourcing everyone for your business.
1: Yeah, I don't go searching for anyone. I'll be transparent a hundred percent and people don't believe me when i say this but i will gladly bring someone into my business and show them every single piece that i do i don't chase i don't search i don't look for i don't do cold dms i don't connect with people for the sake of trying to get them to you know come into my world or do this thing for me or become a client like i don't do any of that and i think i can take that position because i did that for so long at an agency You know, I cried over my laptop while sending hundreds of DMs a day. I worked with clients that I had no desire to work with. I sold people that I had no desire to work with because at the end of the day, it wasn't my business, like it wasn't my say. And so when I branched out on my own again, I had, that job was wonderful, by the way. I don't ever bash that job. It just taught me everything that I didn't want in business. And that was where I had to be super creative and experimental and brave. It's like, can I do this a different way? Um, so yeah, I don't do any outbound. I have not since the day that I've stepped on Twitter and, um, it also puts me in a market of my own too, because attraction-based business models in general, they take a long time. So I always tell coaches and other business owners, like, if this is something you want to do, you have to 100% commit to the fact that this is what my business design is going to look like. Because if you teeter totter in between, you know... I'm gonna preach attraction-based marketing but behind the scenes i'm gonna panic post you know content or i'm gonna panic send dms because sales were a little low this week it's never going to work and it all comes down to this idea that we lead our audiences right like we're leading minds and hearts and psyches and like that's a big that's a big uptaking so you know i look at my business more from like, how can I empower my audience to do what's best for them? And that includes so many things that I do in my business. That's like the the foundational element of how I market, how I write content, how I sell, because I don't look at my audience as a bunch of lost souls. Like they're grown, hopefully I can cuss, grown-ass humans that make empowering decisions for themselves. And um, that's what separates me. So there's this, <laughs> it hasn't all been easy. And You know, I, my one-on-one container is so much deeper than just business strategy. Like we, I'm trained in all things, deep mindset work. So I'm really able to support these coaches and these business owners on different levels ultimately. And I think that just frees up my business in so many ways, especially for people who are like multi-passionate, multi-dimensional. I mean, maybe you feel like this in the business world where you have so many passions and you're like, how do I just choose one thing to do? Like my, my content strategy, I don't focus on one single element of business. I don't just focus on mindset. Like I don't just focus on strategy and that's kind of a strength. And so, yeah, I mean, it's attraction-based marketing is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it's, it's for people who are in it for the long haul, not in it for the cash grab. Cause it takes time. It takes time to build an audience and to treat or to uh, teach your audience how to buy from you to teach them how to invest. Cause I do that a lot. I teach people how to invest their money. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's just for the long haul. It's not for the short haul.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's like what I like to say, it's like to keep yourself going. Sometimes just ask yourself, well, what if you started one year ago? Where would you be today if you did that? And so if you can keep with that kind of mentality, you'll keep going even on the hard days because it's gonna get hard. Um, you're going to put out the content, and you're not going to get the dopamine you want from the likes that day. No one's going to reach out through DMs every time. And it happens, and it happens to the best of them, even the people with all the followers in the world yeah. that you think are printing money left and right because they got the high follower count, but it doesn't always work that way. And so uh, that's it's just something to always keep in mind there. But i like to touch on one other thing you mentioned, like when you're building the attraction engine, You can't just like give in and start doing outreach because part of it is like a confidence thing. So it's like a weird thing when someone says, I'll teach you how to get inbound leads. And then they're reaching out to you through a DM. Seems kind of sketch, you know? (laughs) Has that ever happened to you?
1: (laughs) Yep. I talk about consistency all the time. And I think people are, especially on Twitter, we're so hardwired to think about consistency in terms of like, just do the small thing every single day. But when I talk about consistency, I'm talking about like, who are you every single time you pop online? Who are you every single time you send a DM? Who are you every single time you launch? And like just a couple of weeks ago, I had, I came across this coach, no shade at all. Everyone's figuring it out. But they, you know, were in their content saying like, DM me for the link to buy. And then the next day, they were like, hey, you might be interested in this, you want to buy this. And so it's like, I can see these inconsistencies where they're not staying consistent with the strategy. Um, that they're committing to. And what we don't understand as coaches and as business owners is that our audience picks up on those things. Maybe not consciously, but subconsciously they do. And so when they look at the way that you sell and they look, you know, they look at your content, they don't know what they don't like. They just know that they don't trust you yet. And so we end up prolonging that period by stepping on our own toes and going back on our word. And so I tell people all the time, I'm like, do what you say you're going to do and stick with it because nothing ever has this positive trajectory all the time there are dips there are quiet days weeks months but like how you show up in the space between execution and results is why your audience buys from you that's why people are polarized to buy so consistency is not just you know show up and post every single day it's like no who are you when you're posting like do you even like the con you know stuff like that it's like (laughs) deep with it that's where Again, like I said, like attraction-based marketing is its not for the short term. It's, you know, you dive in and you buckle down and you strap yourself in no matter what because that's the change you want to see. That's the way that you want to execute. That's the person you want to become. It's so much deeper than just executing a strategy, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a lot more than just posting the generic stuff we see left and right all the time. It's values and energy, especially values. Like People need to know where you stand. It's okay to talk about trends. It's okay to talk about the news and just say exactly how you feel about it. And then the right people will come. It's okay to deflect people that aren't the right fit. And it's preferred. Like, I don't want to work with a specific demographic. And that's as far as I'll go on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But like you, everybody has that, right? Everybody has that one kind of person or like, and it's not my style, but you have people that are just like you just one or two steps behind. And that's who you want. And so, being bold and getting out there and showing the energy is what it's all about. So I did not know that you had so much like mindset, like background and training there. Can you tell me a little bit about like your training and experience there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I worked for that agency, the cool part about, and I, it was like divine intervention, I'm sure. Um, The way that I got that job, like I was not qualified to have been offered that job at all. But when I did, I was like, oh my God, this is literally I like i would be an idiot not to take this and so i did and i jumped in with both feet and the cool part about it is that i was not only ran their sales and marketing team but i was one of six coaches so i would coach the people that i obviously would sell to they would come in under you know my umbrella but each coach in this agency had their own particular skill set so we were very of the mindset that you know seven figure agency, we all have built massive businesses, we have this proven tried and true strategy. Like I said, I was coached on that strategy so that I could actually deliver it to people and support people through it. Um, but the problem was, is that, you know, I could give this strategy to clients A, B, and C, and they would have infinite, exp- you know, exponential results, but then I could give it to the next three clients And for whatever reason, they're not executing, they don't feel connected to it, it's not working, they shut down, they quit, you know, it goes off the map. And so we had mindset coaches come in specifically like deep mind coaches, coaches who specialize in, you know, EFT and trauma reprogramming and stuff like that to understand what was actually getting in the way. And so my job was not to do that at the beginning. But the more that I coached the strategy, I was like, I can't be the best strategist if I don't understand those elements too, because, you know, if I'm just throwing strategy at these clients, just telling them to do, 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 and they're not connected to it. The only strategy that works is the one that you execute 100% of the time. And so, um, I did get trained in some deep mind work. I got trained in EFT. I got trained in, uh, trauma reprogramming, all these different things to try to help me. Um, And then when I branched out on my own again, I did what was safe and I got right into strategy again. And I was like, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to bring this element in. And then, of course, you start coaching and you start coaching people on strategy and you hit the same roadblocks again. So it was kind of one of those, you know, divine intervention moments where I'm like, I know I have something here. I'm just too scared to attempt to combine both of these elements and even more so like articulate it. That's a lot to articulate in an offer, you know, to people who don't understand stuff like that. And so I finally did just one day, I'm like, I can't keep avoiding this anymore. And that was shortly after I got on Twitter uh, on Twitter. So like August ish um, and everything has just steamrolled from there. I've gotten so much more training, um, more coaches training, especially like how to hold people in, in trauma, in triggers with deep emotions. You know, holding that space between execution and results all the stuff that inevitably comes up when we run big businesses you know when we're holding more money when we want to make more money all the things that we have to clean up it's become like the transformational element of my coaching it's no longer done for you strategy you know it's no longer hey let me lead you through this system it's like hey let me lead you through your life <laughs> you know what i mean so you can show up and, and do these things with your business and you know, that's why the people kind of in my world make so much. They're just like me. They're doing exactly what I'm doing. And they're making a lot of money and they're holding more people. And they have clients that scream their names from the rooftops. Whereas there's these coaches who are doing things differently than I am who look at that and they're like, how? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how do I do that? So, um, yeah, it hasn't been for the faint of heart. It's definitely, it was definitely uncomfortable for me to step into um, because I think the convention emotional sense especially on Twitter is like there's I don't know how closely related you are to this or if you see this but like the Twitter bro mentality right where everything's like go 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 you know action only you know eat whatever for like gross and so there's this underlying element of keep your emotions out of your business like bypass everything else put your nose to the grindstone and go and that is not how business works like the best of the best. I don't care what industry you're in or what you're doing. The best of the best somehow figure out, you know, how to work with those emotions, how to show up when things get hard, how to create confidence, even when, you know, you can't find it that day, even when the algorithm sucks. And um, so there's really all these elements to what I do that are just bigger than strategy and mindset. And it took me a really long time to, own that because i was scared i was afraid that people wouldn't understand and that i wouldn't be able to articulate it and then one day it just like it just the the switch just flipped and i was like i can't my answers aren't in what i'm doing right like i don't resonate you just talked about like demographics i don't resonate with these super analytical business owners who want things done for them who want the strategy created like I resonate with someone who wants to live through their business and have a life and who is heart centered and wants to make a shit ton of money at the exact same time like those those two things can exist at the exact same time so once I stepped into that I think I really did like kind of break open a market of my own because no one else on Twitter was doing it and then I that was where the experiments really came into play and I was able to double down on you know kind of what I was playing with and what I was doing. Because not only was it working for me, it started working for other people too. So it wasn't for the faint of heart. Again, it was really <laughs> hard for me to get to that point. I, I fought it for a long time. But um, I guess that's just testament to that you build your business your way. And I knew that even though it was uncomfortable, I could not avoid it if I wanted to have the impact on people and their businesses that I eventually wanted to have. So,
0: Yeah, there's just like so much I want to unpack from that Uh, because there's so much nuance to like the mindset and one thing I'll add is like the the mindset of a successful entrepreneur like is magnified I feel in the creator space a place like Twitter or LinkedIn where people are you're putting yourself out there for everyone to see globally every day like it takes a different toll on you than it does just like running a local business like it's a whole nother level in my eyes um but I'd love to know like you know with the mindset stuff in mind, how do you feel about, like, how do you know the difference between you're having a rough patch and you need to to just kinda push through and keep going with the same plan you're on, or is it something different entirely and you probably need to rethink your entire business? So I know you're gonna have a great answer for that, so I really wanna know, and I was dying to ask you that even before the podcast. So kinda how, how do you kinda go about that and determining that, with your clients or yourself?
1: Yeah, so one of the skills that, I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but, you know, I don't care how who you are, everyone has their own practices, but human design is actually something that I am trained into and it is really the permission slip that I felt for me in my business. And again, you sell what you can own. Um, it was a permission slip for me and my business to do things my way when I understood, even if I couldn't resonate with everything yet, when I looked at my human design, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> My whole life makes sense. Like, even if I don't know how to enact this change or I don't know how to do the deconditioning, like, I could look at elements of my human design and directly relate it to my business, and be like, this is exactly why I've been stuck. This is exactly why I'm different than ABC. This is exactly why this strategy and this strategy did not work for me. Um, so, when I got trained in human design, it was like the skies opened up for me. I just finally understood this build your business your own way kind of thing. And I, I even was able to take like past clients in their my notes and stuff like that, things that I knew about them, and play around with their human design. And I could pick out in that moment exactly why what we were doing together was not working because it wasn't it wasn't built for them. And so you know when I work with clients now and I work with myself, I do use human design as a resource. I don't teach it, but I help clients integrate it um, so that they ultimately can trust what they're doing but that's where having a mentor becomes almost non-negotiable because every level of business just gets harder but it gets harder in different ways right like the hard of starting your your business on twitter is not the same hard that you experience when you're making 10k and the levels of hard that you experience at 10k are not the same that you experience at 20 and 30k months and so I do use human design as an element. You know, if things are going slow or things are not working, there's kind of like, okay, let's look at it from a strategic perspective. Maybe there's holes, maybe there's blind spots, maybe we can work on copywriting, okay? Those things are there. But even more than that, it's almost always mindset. So kind of this litmus that I do with clients is if it feels neutral, if the problem we're dealing with feels neutral, it's a strategy problem because we can make two tweaks tomorrow everything will change. It feels charged and it means something about you and you want to give up and you want to quit and you want to pack your bags and you want to throw away the offer, it's mindset. So it's like my job is to have the skills and the resources to be able to you know, coach, kind of I I say with laser precision to like get to the root of the problem. What's actually going on here? What assumptions are holding you back? You know, um, that's my job, that's not my client's job. And so I use that test every single day with clients to figure out like, okay, what are we actually working with here? Because when we know what we're working with, it becomes super, super easy to, you know, kind of pinpoint what the problem is. When you know it's strategy, okay, let's go into strategy. When you know it's mindset, double down on the mindset first, and then the strategy will change because of the mindset. You can make aligned decisions with that. So um, being able to peg which one it is first is always my first, always my go-to step.
0: Yeah. So I just have to say after that answer, we're going to have to do a bonus episode only on human design <laughs> because you're the first person that I've ever said that actually uses that as well. Yep. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know, and obviously you'll know more than me if you're certified, I'm more in the beginner realm of human design, but I am a huge self-discovery nerd. And so human design is essentially a self-discovery tool like at its core. So it blends a whole bunch of things from quantum, f- quantum physics to astrology to other stuff. Um, and so that's the basics of what we're talking about as a tool of self-discovery. And like I find it to be extraordinarily helpful. And also it's insane how when you read the books and go through your own design and read with someone, like how accurate it is. Like insanely so. I was like mind blown. Now I will say I'm more into actually the gene keys as opposed to like core human design. And so the Gene Keys is just a branch of human design for anyone that doesn't know. It's another tool of self-discovery. Also awesome. Highly recommend. But no, that's really cool that you're blending that style of self-discovery with your clients. And so I think that's an amazing answer. So bonus episode, gotta come. I I, Like, you're the first person that's also said they're totally into that on my podcast, which I'm a huge fan. So um, back to, like, how you... um, like structure your own business through your own self-discovery process. So I kind of want to dig into your story a little bit more. So obviously you cried in the agency world on your laptop and you had all that. So when did your like self-discovery process start? Was that kind of the trigger? Like living, like working in the agency world and not really enjoying it and then deciding I got to get out of here and go work on my own. Like how did the self-discovery process start and then venture into your own business from there?
1: I think it started a lot earlier than that. Um, it started long before I built my first business. Um, I, I, I am like to the T stereotypical, like 4.0 type a, you know, follow the straight line. I was a college athlete, double majored in science degrees. So like I straight path, like I knew what I wanted to do when I was five years old and I never veered off that path. And then all of a sudden I. Of course, I traveled abroad. I took, I redshirted, or I, uh, yeah, redshirted for the spring semester of my senior year, and I went to Ireland, and I spent a year in Ireland. And, um, you know, you could say I found myself a little bit there, but I remember that being the first decision in my life I ever made for me. I didn't do it for a coach. I didn't do it for my parents. I didn't do it to get to med school. I didn't do it because that was what I was supposed to want or supposed to do. Like, I hung up everything to go somewhere i didn't even care where and so when i went there was like this newfound sense of liberation because i had never felt what it felt like to do something for me before and so that just kind of opened up a can of worms all on its own and i remember during that time you know i was supposed to be looking because i was a student athlete i couldn't get any of my like clinical hours during college because i was a year-round athlete um And so I was supposed to be looking at how I was going to get my clinical hours after school. I was supposed to be looking at med school applications and I could not stomach it. Like there was something inside of me that was like, you know, we don't know what has happened and what has changed, but like the path that you've wanted to go down for the last 19 years of your life is no longer what you're going to do. So I just kind of fully immersed myself into that and I actually started a blog while I was there, just a travel blog mindset. I was literally, I love to write um, which I think a lot of people can tell through my content in general, but I just was putting things out into the world and I was learning about how to monetize this blog. I got two science degrees. I'm not exactly a business like savant. And so I started to monetize this blog and I was like, Oh my God, there's, there's something here. So, you know, the more I kept doing it, the more I just got into the self-discovery hole and, um, A lot of deconditioning i did it all on my own i just read a million books just like how everyone else starts and then i think the next big leap that i took was when one day i was like i think i'm a coach i think what i'm doing in writing is like coaching people i just didn't know what that was yet and so um you know i invested in a business coach and that was really my next big leap of self-discovery investing money holding people learning how to sell and market um and then i got hired by an agency who hired me to sell and market for them which was wild <laughs> i like still to this day like i'm so grateful for the opportunity um i have no idea what they saw in me i don't know why they picked me or why they wanted me but again divine intervention if you will because i took that and i was scared shitless for that job i was like i is so out of my league but the opportunity was right there like on a silver platter and the only thing i kept telling myself was don't not say yes because you're scared like if the opportunity is in front of you right now you're ready for it <laughs> so like grab a hold, figure it out as you go um and that was huge for me because i was so you know i was coaching people who had 30 years of business experience on me i was holding amounts of money that i had never seen in my whole entire life we were you know charging multi-fit five figures for these packages like it was It was insane like it was 10 million levels above where i should have been at that point in time so i think that experience for better or worse really pushed me into i would say the next level but it's just like a a version of myself that i didn't even know existed because i put myself in such a big ring with such high quality people that at that point it was like you have no point or you have no choice but to do this self-discovery thing and to dig your heels in deep because like you're here. Like you are in the mix. You better, you know, show up. And so that was huge for me. Um, And I think working with different coaches, I had access to so many different types of coaches. I got my own mentorship. Like part of being a part of that agency was, you know, I got like a coaching stipend. So I got to invest that money into other coaches and I got to you know, play with mindset and that's how I got certified in human design because I brought human design into that agency and stuff like that. So there was so much play and just like movement and uh, that was huge. That was huge for me too. So it started a long time ago, but I think that was probably the biggest leap. Um, And then I think when I, when I left, I definitely went through a dark night of the soul moment where I was like, I don't even know where to begin, (laughs) you know, like I have so many skills. I have, you know, all these ideas. I just do not know where to begin. And I started on Instagram originally, and that's where I was for two years and loved it. It was great. It served a purpose. But there was a point where I was like, I physically, mentally and emotionally cannot run my business on Instagram anymore. And that's when I found LinkedIn. Um, I stumbled across Justin Welsh. I invested in Justin Welsh's, uh, you know, his content OS system connected me to Twitter. So that was how that kind of pipeline worked. And. Yeah, I mean it was just I think my agency was my biggest leap up until that point, but the leap that I've taken since leaving has been even bigger because I've had to play in the ring myself. Like I've had to create the ring instead of actually being, you know, plopped right in the middle of it. So, um it's never ending. It never stops. And I think that's what people fail to understand sometimes is that You know, we think that when we get somewhere or when we achieve something that like all our worries go away and all the business problems stop happening and things just become easier. And that's so not the case. That's so not the case. It's just one foot after the other, every single day.
0: Yeah. It's, it's always something new, but I mean, the big takeaway there is never self-reject, right? Growth doesn't come from comfort. You just got to do the thing. If it makes you scared a little bit, that's a good sign you should actually do the thing <laughs> um I, di- I didn't realize you were on Instagram so long before Twitter so I know you said you were like emotionally just couldn't bear to run your business through Instagram and so your energy kind of made you leave the platform so was that from just kind of growing a dislike for the platform and it not being the right fit for you anymore or was that from like a business performance standpoint like it was just too difficult to actually run a successful business from Instagram
1: yeah. I think it was a little bit of an immaturity piece. Like I will definitely say, obviously my business brain has grown exponentially since I was on Instagram. Um, But when I, I remember when I broke out on Twitter, cause I, I also was super stubborn. And I was like there, when I was on Instagram, I'm like, there has to be another way. Like there has to be another platform that I can be this successful on and have way more fun, <laughs> you know, doing it on. <laughs> uh, and so that was kind of where my dark night of the soul was. I was like, I do not want to go back on Instagram. I just, I don't want to be known for my graphics. I don't want to have to take pictures every single day. Like that is not what is fun to me about business. What's fun to me about business is, you know, writing and leading and being rewarded for my brain and getting to hold containers and experiences and, you know, to lead conversations, just all these other things. And I didn't feel like that was the case on Instagram anymore for me, at least. Um, So when I found Twitter, it was like, the skies opened up for me i'm like oh my god this is it because you get rewarded for your brain on twitter um and on top of that love short form writing even threads love threads you know i feel like it was just so much easier for me to package up all these things because i had to do it in such you know closed containers um so really so many things about twitter freed me up i think as an entrepreneur and uh another thing about instagram is i value i'm totally an introvert um through and through but i value community so he- heavily so i'm like not with the superficial bs i want to have deep conversations like i want to dig in with people and i felt like that was impossible on instagram too it was kind of like you know and i'm speaking very generically this was my experience I felt like it was very superficial there was no networking there was no collective there was no community and then i got on twitter and it was just like the polar opposite so I think really being able to build a community and to get to know people on the level that I so badly desired to get to know people when I was on Instagram helped me, you know, grow this so much faster because it is a different collective. It is a different community. And so, yeah, there were a lot of things that truly solidified that switch to me. And I've contemplated going back to Instagram, but I just don't know. Like I, I love love twitter (laughs) i really i really really do and i would love to differentiate and i will at some point in time but um there's something to be said for you know the the way that people's brains think on twitter very much matches you know my mo but there are small elements that don't and that's what separates me in twitter truly and honestly you know those pieces of me that i bring from instagram that are different from twitter are what separates me within Twitter. So I also really love that fact that I can position myself and I can differentiate myself as different. Um, even if people don't understand, because I don't need everyone to understand the right people do already understand. So I do, I love it a lot, a lot more than I ever loved. Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fair. Like I've recently, like at the beginning of this year, like branched out to Instagram as well, but more so for short form video. Um, to diversify in that way as opposed to like obviously not writing like carousels are okay but I find that like Instagram carousels are even more shallow than LinkedIn carousels (laughs) and so like I find that yeah like you mentioned I enjoy the people I have connected with on Instagram like they're super awesome and friendly people there but it's nowhere near the level of connection that I find on LinkedIn or even Twitter and I don't spend as much time on Twitter but I find that what while I'm most active on LinkedIn, what I don't like about LinkedIn is the content is not like, it's more stale than anywhere else because it's the professional platform. And so while I do have my beef with like Twitter culture, as I'll call it, as you probably know exactly what I mean by that. Um, like I have to say, like I do find myself booting up the app because number one, I do have a small like community there that I do really enjoy like interacting with and seeing what they're up to. Um, like yourself rob lennon gray erica like there's a whole bunch of people you and i both probably follow that are awesome but also it's just like a more raw place like i know what i'm gonna get when i open twitter oh ChatGPT got an update okay somebody's gonna say something but also somebody's gonna cuss somebody else out you know it's like this great feed of like i don't know what i'm gonna get but also it's not as chaotic as tiktok so it's like a nice middle ground for someone that wants a little more raw but um (laughs) doesn't necessarily want the constant chaos either Uh, so talk to me. So I love like, so you're a writer, you know, historically, did you have to change your writing style to suit Twitter when you jumped over there? Or was it kind of like an instant, like, oh, this was already perfect for me. I was already doing copy. And so it just kind of translated really smoothly.
1: So it's funny you say that because I, my first business coach that I hired, she was a fabulous writer and she had owned many businesses on Instagram beforehand. And so I learned the art of say a lot but also say very little at the exact same time because i was constantly writing like these huge instagram posts and i think that was part of what burnt me out about instagram honestly was like the the necessity to post 3 4 5 times a week but for each post to be 7 miles long you know and i also at the same time didn't have a good grasp on copywriting but we used to like Mentally and emotionally butt heads on copywriting because I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't. Like, just let me write. You know what I mean? Just let me go. Like, um,
0: float out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. And so that, that was a skill thing. I tell people all the time, like, I, one of the qualifications to work with me, like at a higher level, is that you have to have copywriting experience, like minimum six months of business experience, because I cannot teach you how to write. Like that is the bird, you know, the birds and bees of business that I love to do for myself. But my process is so intuitive that I can't possibly teach you your own copywriting process. And so, obviously, I told you like I bought Justin Welch's, you know, the Content OS system. Beautiful. That was like kind of my head start, and that was like the first time that I was introduced to a content writing system where I could like wrap my brain around, where I felt like it freed me up instead of you know, kind of put me in a box. And so that was huge for me. And then I just iterated it from there. And it was a huge struggle for me, because I was used to writing these big captions, I had to make everything more concise, uh, which was so good for me, because I figured out how to talk right to what I was trying to get at, as opposed to flush my thoughts out, you know, via writing, does that make sense? Like I was forced to be so much more concise, which ultimately, as everyone knows like resonates with consumers and readers more and uh, helps you learn more about what you do and don't know and all that good stuff so there was definitely um i mean i would invite everyone to go look at my tweets from july they're gonna be awful but i was still figuring out how to write and how to make sense of all of this knowledge that i had in the business space because i didn't at that point in time know exactly how i wanted to double down or niche um which by the way, happens organically when you just keep showing up. (laughs) Like when you just keep experimenting and you just keep writing and you just keep helping people. I mean, my first program on Twitter, my first offer on Twitter was four figures under 400 followers, because I was making thousands of dollars a month with less than 400 followers, which is unheard of, right? And so I launched that, that offer for a while and I iterated it immediately and my niche completely changed, you know, and my market completely changed. and so. Um, Twitter has allowed me to move really fast without having to restart every single time. Cause everything I do is just an iteration of something I've already done. So that f- has freed me up that type of writing style, that type of community style has just, yeah, completely just like unhooked the trailer from behind me and I can just, I can just go.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's also just like Twitter is so real time and is so fast paced compared to everything else. Like it's You can switch your niche tomorrow if you want to and no one will even notice like hayden is hayden thomas is thomas whatever (laughs) you know like that's you're the niche on twitter more than anywhere else i feel like so one thing is that you like obviously have a very successful business and you've had it since you know like you mentioned like under 400 followers on twitter and so i think a lot of that is the right content but a lot of that is also understanding how to structure and launch an offer And I think a lot of people like have no background or knowledge on that. And so they're even scared to like launch an offer. So talk to me a little bit about like your process on when you, when you have decided on something you want to offer, like, what does your presale look like? What does your marketing plan look like? Do you strategize it out from like day one to day 30 on the launch? Or how do you kind of think and go about that?
1: Um, a lot of people are not going to like this because it is also very intuitive. Like there is some strategy that I use for sure things that like. Keep me accountable to a process and check boxes for sure. Um, my, the way that I create offers is 100% intuitive. It comes from conversations that I'm having with clients, it comes from breakf- breakthroughs that they have, questions that I'm getting in the DMs, things that I've broken through in my own business that I think are incredibly valuable. Um, I host like really, really deep, two, three, four day long trainings every single month, um, you know, anywhere from like 90 bucks to 300 bucks. And it really is just like, it's what I'm excited about. I know for a fact that I can't sell something I'm not excited about. And I think that's where people get in trouble with offer creation is they sell what they think they should sell or they sell something so that people buy and the intention is always wrong. The intention is what shoots you in the foot when you're selling offers. One of my favorite quotes is your prayer might not always be answered, but the intention of it always is. And that's so true when it comes to selling and creating offers. And so Again, I go back to this experimental mindset because my first offer wasn't great. My second offer wasn't that much better. My third offer completely flopped, but every single one of those offers taught me something different about how I was showing up you know what were my intentions behind you know selling this offer? Was I doing it in hopes that people would buy? was I doing it to try to prove something to myself? Was I you know like what's really going on here and without fail, you get the answers you're looking for every single time but um i only launch things that i'm excited about so my you know i kind of have four different offers that i'm constantly selling because i'm selling all the time i've got you know limited time offers which are essentially like my month monthly trainings like deep group trainings i've got cash injections so i don't market these but i make them available i have like one week, one month message only coaching. So people who aren't really ready to go into one-on-one can still work with me one-on-one without the actual commitment of doing so. Um, I've also got micro offers and then I've got my big like main offers, like my one-on-one and my mastermind that I'm launching. So um, I only launch things that I'm excited about and there's a quick turnaround. Like if I get an idea for something, I go from like, holy shit, I have an idea to my journal I will write out the benefits, the emotions. I have this process for being able to nail the person who needs to buy this offer. And once I've nailed that person, talking about it becomes like effortless because I just get on my, you know, my Twitter spaces and I talk to that person. I coach on something around that general idea, or I write a thread that talks right to that person. So. There's no like (laughs) I post this kind of thread on this day and I have this email go out then and this email go out then it's really like a constant invitation because when people know that I'm selling something, they might not buy it on the first click, but they might buy it on the third click or the fourth click. So, you know, my commitment to myself when I'm selling is that I show up and I sell every single day something in some way, shape or form. And I do it when it feels good. So that's where intention and intuition like really come together for me. And that's a lot of what I lead clients through is how do you want this to feel? Like, how do you want to live your life when you're launching? How do you want to exist when you're launching? How do you, you know, like, what do you see people do that you love? What do you see people do that you hate? Okay, let's do that. You know what I mean? Like, let's double down on those things because the only launch strategy, sales strategy that works is the one that you love doing. It's the only one that's scalable. So, um, that's where human design actually comes in a lot with clients because when I understand what makes them tick, I can help them create offers. I can help them move. I can eliminate that wait time between, you know, like, Oh, I have this idea and when should I launch it? How should I launch it? No shocker. I'm a manifesting generator. All my clients are manifestors, generators or manifesting generators. So like I very much, Have a type for sure. So it makes it that much easier for me to market, to talk to people, and to sell to people because I know exactly to literal human design type who's going to buy my offers. And I know exactly to a T who's not going to buy my offers. And that's okay. But it's just because I understand people contextually on another level and I understand the language that they resonate, you know, the the sense you know of all your senses that they resonate with the most I can direct my copy to whoever I want to and you know have them buying because that's how I know what to do so um yeah my offer creation system is 100% what I'm excited about I don't waste any time between idea conceptualization to selling and I'm sure you've seen on my link tree like I'll put out a pre-sale landing page that has no extra details about what the offer is I will talk about the experience of the container, the vibe of the container, what you're going to learn how to do, and nothing else, and people still buy, and that is like mind blowing to everyone on Twitter. Like, how can you sell something that's not perfectly packaged? Because it's, it's deep strategy. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's strategy. Energy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh intuition and intention. That's one hundred percent like what I can scale it down to. And it's so easy for me to lead my clients because I attract a very specific type of person who is literally me (laughs) energetically to a T. whether they're one step behind me or 10 steps behind me, I can literally take their hand and show them how I do what I do. Um, And with that being said, they can iterate it as they go because they're their own human and they have different things that feel good to them. So that's where build your business your own way, really becomes a flex in my world because not all my clients do the same shit every single time. And that's like for their benefit, it's in their favor. So um, I take a lot of that in with my clients too.
0: Yeah, it's like so much about like actually believing what you're selling and so being excited about that is like the best way to do that. (laughs) But as long as you're like proud of the product, like selling will become so much easier. So, for example, when I used to train, like, entry-level bankers when I worked in banking, um, like, obviously, we did cold calls back then, and I would train them on it. And so the big thing was, like, I can give you the script, I can tell you exactly what to say, I can tell you what to respond, this objection, that objection, but when you don't sound confident and you sound like you don't even believe what you're selling... It doesn't matter. You can say all the right things, but the energy is there and they know it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, They know it immediately. And it's that subconscious thing. They're like, I don't know what I don't like about this, but I know I don't like it. So I'm going to go to you or I'm going to say, no, thank you politely. And then we're left, you know, to try to pick up the pieces. You're a hundred percent. It's just so much deeper than strategy. You can't convince someone of that either. You know, I talk to people, you know, who are in more or less the same industry who are trying to, sell and they're like how do I convince people that this is important I'm like you cannot and that's what's liberating as a coach too like we get to choose who we work with so that's the oh, so advantage part. of it yeah take advantage of it so I take advantage of that you know I don't have any shame about that so um yeah that's kind of what my process looks like
0: yeah no I'm look I'm all about pushing the wrong people away yeah. and so I go out there and say be bold and even today like my only tweet was like I don't like this. This is why. (laughs) And it's okay to do that. Like a lot of people, especially in content are so afraid to do that. And I'm like, this is why no one resonates with you because you're afraid to take a stance. You're afraid to take a side and you baby everything. Or even if, and I don't know how you feel about this. Even if you see the alternative side and their point of view and you're like, that makes sense. Like I agree with that. Like to an extent, your content should never say that your content should be like one sided period. And then the actual, you know, debate or healthy discussion happens in your comment, but that in your comment section or your replies or whatever, but your actual like content should be like very black and white every single time. <laughs> Do you find that you structure your content in that same way?
1: Yep. Oh, a hundred percent. And I always tell people, cause I think everyone wants to be innovative. Like obviously everyone wants to be like at the forefront of an industry or at the forefront of a conversation. You want to be like Rob, right? At the forefront of a brand new idea with a brand new offer. And that comes from having a stance. Like innovation doesn't just drop into your brain, like out of nowhere. It comes from, you know, cleaning out or taking stock of what's right in front of you and picking up a little nugget and picking up another little nugget and then coming up with something that is you. And we don't often take stock of how close we are to the things that are going to draw our audience in in the most powerful and potent ways like we're all always just one one little nugget like one little idea one little you know trail one little path away from being able to do that so i would just tell people like do get polarizing i know that's completely controversial but like if you don't have a voice on something you won't know which nugget to pick up next you'll forever just be spinning kind of in this world of oblivion and no one's going to resonate with your content and they'll always be inspired, but they'll never buy. Like that's the worst place to be in. It's <laughs> the literal worst place to be in. So yeah, I do the same thing.
0: So before we get going, I do have one more final little topic for you. So I have my own little phrase where I say like how to content can be cool, um, but only in very small doses. So before I give like my full opinion, I'd love to hear yours. Like, how do you feel about like how to content or quick tutorials, especially like back when you were on Instagram, like it's all over the place, but just in general, even on Twitter, like how do you feel about like how to content or shallow, like these tools, this nine chat GPT prompts, like how do you feel about content like that?
1: (laughs) I literally have a tweet. I think it's coming out this weekend. I know it's scheduled for sure about this exact same thing. People buy when you go from how to to how I, people don't want to know that you theoretically know something. Like my biggest pet peeve is when I know a coach has never made six figures, but is selling how to make six figures. No one's going to buy that from you because they can feel that you haven't experienced it from yourself. And from the lens that you're talking about it from, you're talking about it from a very bird's eye view with no personal experience, no lessons, no, you know, duality, no polarity, nothing. There's no flavor to a how-to post. And so... People buy when you go from telling them how to theoretically do something that you have not achieved yet to how you actually achieve something. That's what people want to buy. People invest when you give them something to invest in, which means you have to go first. (laughs) You have to experience or you have to fail. You have to be able to write about something that you did. So um, I very, very rarely write how-to content. I try to frame it. Just like i did today with my thread i don't know if you saw my thread but i i try to frame my big threads and my big ideas as how i did something because when people know how i do something again if i'm speaking to manifestors manifesting generators generators they're going to look at that and they are go oh my god i love that i either want to integrate this and move on it and act and invest or they're not going to be you know a fit for me they're gonna be like ew that's gross i don't like that or i don't agree with that at all great Bye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, See you
0: later. Like, that's fine.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, I, I just did a training on this a couple of weeks ago. We talked about like what it takes to build a hot audience, like an audience that's constantly ready to buy something from you. And that's one of the magic pieces. Like you want to be innovative, go fall on your face first. Like you think Rob just pulled, you know, his AI content reactor, like No, he didn't. Like that comes from somewhere. All these offers that I put out, they come from somewhere. And I talk about it from the lens of without, I mean, I don't do it to brag. I do it to show people that like, I have this experience doing this thing this way, because it feels good to me. Let me show you how to do this. And the right people follow along because they want to mimic that. And the wrong people will politely unfollow, or they will just not be a part of the conversation. And that's what it looks like to build a polarizing brand, right? And so yeah, getting away from how-to content as fast as possible is the best thing that you can do for your brand, truly. If you want, I don't care about the numbers. Like I I have a 3,000 follower brand and I very proudly make more money than people who have a 100,000 follower brand because it's not about how many people you have, it's about how ready any one of those people is to buy at any given time. And so, so I could give, excuse my language, two shits about how many followers I have, because I know that the people in my community, they're so ready. Like they're so temperature hot all the time. I just need to show up and give them what they're looking for. So getting away from how-to content is like thumbs up, green light. You want to build a hotter audience. That's how you do it.
0: Yeah. Like even the last how-to post I made on LinkedIn was very similar to that because it wasn't just like how to build your side hustle to this. It was and this year, I built this side hustle to this revenue amount. Here's how I did it, and then I had a picture of me holding the camera because I was talking about photography. So like, that's the different. Like, just like two little tweaks. Like, you have a picture that proves like, okay, he did the thing. Like there's some visual proof. But then also, like, you just rephrase your hook, and it's that's the difference. Like, that's all there is. And so, if you want an example of like a really big content creator that does this very, very well and very, very effectively, that's the Hermosies.
1: Yeah. Like 100%. go to
0: Alex from Rosie's YouTube. Every single one is I scale gym launch doing this. I scale this business doing this. This is how, like, that's how he starts every single content piece. And obviously he's huge and has vendors helping him run his social, but that's the kind of content you need to make. So if you don't have the credibility, like he does, which none of us really do. Cause obviously he's built like four businesses, multi-million, like huge, but go find something go get 50k and go do one offer that worked and then talk about how you did the one offer that worked and there's your content so i like to say if you're gonna stick to the how-to content forever like all you're doing is friend zoning yourself like people are gonna come people are gonna come they're gonna click like and they're gonna be like you're the best but then when they're pulling out their credit card it ain't for you i can promise you that
1: (laughs) not at all and that's where i think business owner you know because like i do see a little bit of a difference between being a creator and being a business owner i obviously i'm a creator and a coach i take those two things in stride but you have to be intentional like am i here to build an audience and you know ghost write and make money on how i write or am i here to sell products (laughs) because you can't dip you can't dilly dally between the two like you do have to take a stance on how you want to approach you know your audience. And so how to content is great if you want to speak to the masses, but it doesn't give them that investment quality. It doesn't scream, hey, this person has something that I need. It just screams, Oh, they can read a book. Because congrats. You all <laughs> Basically, book, you know. <laughs>
0: There's they're a search engine. They're a walking search engine is the yep. better way to put it. Too. Yeah. 100%. All right. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining the podcast. This was awesome. Um, before we go, I want to give you a chance, like where can everyone find you? Like what's your social media handles, website and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The only place you can find me right now is on Twitter at Hayden underscore floor. Um, my link tree is obviously posted. If you want to talk about what it looks like to work deeper with me, my application is also in my link tree. And then I also have, you know, a large group business audit that I'm doing next week uh, listed in my link tree. And then I also have a new course called Trailblazing Clients that comes out in a couple weeks too. So if you're interested, it's all in my link tree.
0: Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So thank everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you.